Welcome to another edition of Wampa Radio. I don't know why I've decided that that's that's how we're going to do things now. But uh, this is episode number XVII, number 17. Two eyes, uh, better than one, I guess. How are you, buddy? I am apparently doing better than you because I don't know what's going on with this intro. It's weird. The script here says Flake speaks, and none of what you said is on the script. That's right. And then right. it says Doa, and obviously he is MIA. The DOA is MIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's me, so I will get us back on track. Uh, I'm doing great, fantastic, if you will, phenomenal, exceptional, All just right. totally on brand for me. <laughs> uh, and I'm excited to talk about this episode where we talk about the concerns or potential pitfalls of supply, because now this week we know a bit more about the products that are going to be offered by uh, Fantasy Flight Games, Gamegenic, etc. And as we know, when a game launches, supply is potentially an issue. But before we get into all of that and we cover the rest of the news, the headlines, the card reveals as well. We, of course, have to get into the Wampa Cave Pull of the Week. Okay, so I have to explain myself here for this uh, wonky intro, which was I spent most of the day today knowing that we were going to record, right? Um, and thinking that I could prepare for the show at the drop of a hat. Usually I spend like a couple days compiling the notes and then I send it to you guys and you sort of add on to it and adjust and do whatever. Today, however, I decided that it is my best, uh, it's in my best interest to um, make a final push for Mythic in um, MTG Arena in Limited because I was like mid-tier diamond or whatever and I'd never reached Mythic for Limited. I've reached it for Constructed, but I was like, let's just do it. And... Um, yeah, so you, you fried your brain. I definitely did. I well, it was a lot of spinning my tires until eventually, um, I did a premiere draft for why. So I like I normally do quick drafts, which are bot drafts, because I'm not. I just like I feel a little intimidated. I didn't know where I was at, but the bot draft was for Brothers War, which was a set that I wasn't familiar with. So I said screw it. So I I used a lot of my gems to do the premiere draft, which is like the versus other people draft and i'm like in diamond tier which is just before mythic so there's a lot of good players in there and i i felt so unconfident there you know that i was gonna fail and i started that draft zero and two and i ran it back for a six win run so i did I, i rattled off six in a row which was good so but that that literally wrapped up probably about 45 minutes ago and then I, so I'm a little bit blustered but yes there is a wampa cave pole of the week there is a historic historic wampa cave pole of the week I think we just came off of the closest ever cave pole results well that is now squashed cuz ladies and gentlemen well, I'll tell you. But it's the cave poll this week is very simple. What aspect are you? And we took out villainy and we took out heroism because none of you are villains. And damn it, I none of you are heroes either. That's not true. Uh, Doa is my hero, but he's out I fighting would, crime. I would like to say DB is a hero yes. of the community. Yes. So DB, you are a hero of this community. You get, you get, you don't even, you don't even, we're just going to give it to you. But... 
Um, so the ad, the options, of course, were the remaining four, aggression, cunning, vigilance, command. And I'm going to start as we normally do. Charmer, what did you pick? I picked command, and I did this for a couple of reasons. First, it's what aspect are you, not what one are you drawn to or do you see yourself playing? It's just, you know, you, your personality. And when I look at these, I... I feel like I can be cunning, but I wouldn't say that's my default. Uh, similarly, I can be pretty vigilant, but I also uh, I have a saying that uh, I know I've said to Flake and I've said to several other people, uh, which is that life is too serious to take life seriously. So while I can be vigilant, I very often am not. And I'm not what I would describe as an overly aggressive person. So what I really did is I picked the one that was not those, right? Um, Command, like I, I'm a, I'm a father and a husband, and I uh, used to be a uh, adjunct professor. I lead a team at my current job, so like leadership has been on my resume for you know a decade, fifteen years, or whatever. I guess that's another way to put it. So perhaps command fits solely because of that. But I really did go through them one by one down the list and go, no, I'm not that. No, I'm not that. Oh, I guess, I guess I'm command. Uh, yeah, I guess the you know, through the process of elimination, you can just land on one that you're, it's like a, it's a, it's an aspect of best fit, we'll say. Um, I'll take it. I mean, yeah, you, you know, being a father and um, project leader or a team leader at, at your, your day job, that's, uh, that'll do it for sure. I selected, uh, I think that it's cunning. I like to think I'm cunning. Um, I'm definitely not aggressive, though. I don't know. Like when I'm looking at- I have personally seen you put somebody in a sharpshooter and that is all i will say on the matter well we will add a little bit of context to this it was uh, a demonstration which then turned into the request to be put into the sharpshooter and i acquiesced so it's not just that i randomly went up to strangers and said hey look over there and then figure forward them like you know in front of a starbucks or something that's not what happened it was an airbnb and we moved some tables around, so <laughs> too bad. Um, I chose cunning. Like again, um, I, I'm not. It's not an aggression thing for sure. Vigilance, like you, I, I suppose the closest to me would probably have been command. I think I would have chosen command. I tend to be the catalyst for a lot of ideas and pushing them forward for for certain things. But at the same time, I don't like to do that. So I. I maybe got shied away. I took cunning because it's also one that I strive to be, you know, the mental aspect of, of, of running that O2 draft right back down to six wins, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that takes cunning charmer. You're supposed to say, absolutely. Good for you. That's what you're supposed to say. I promised you a long time ago that I would not lie to you. Thank you. All right. I'm not aggressive. Am I? No, no, no. I just meant about the, you know, that you're cunning. I'm not saying you're aggressive. No, you're not aggressive. Not at all. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that. All right. So give us the uh, the news on this one, because like I said, this is a historic Wampa Cable. Yeah, so here's the thing. I chose command and you chose cunning. So we're going to have to go to the community to settle this debate. The community has decided that cunning is 29% while command is 29%. This is our first tie. And 
Not only were those two at 29%, the other two were very close as well. Vigilance getting 24.2% of the vote. Uh, aggression was the least popular at 17.7, but that's still a healthy amount of people who should probably seek some therapy if you are that aggressive. Um, this is not high school sports. You don't have to be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Uh, yeah, no, this was very, very close, far closer than I thought it was going to be. If I'm being honest, I expected Cunning to win this pretty handily because I think when you just look at these four aspects, that's the one that is probably the coolest or sounds the coolest. So, you know, if I had my choice and I was not being objective, I'd be like, yeah, I'm totally Cunning. But in reality, I'm just telling dad jokes most of the time. So, well, that's what they actually used to call the medical droid. It used to be two one B aggressive. So, uh, and then there was the counterpart two one B B aggressive. So those are uh, no longer. Those never made it. Those are in the deleted scenes. Um, the fifth special edition that they came up. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So, you know what? Settle us for it. Right in the chat. Just say, is it command or is it cunning? Which one do you see yourself more as? Um, but that's, uh, that would be it for the cave poll this week. Um, again, we have one every week. We were late this week because again, I was uh, mired in other card game related things because that's what I do. And a new poll every Sunday, give or take a day or two, uh, at Whopper radio on Twitter. So go check that out. The best way to make sure that you see the poll is to follow us on Twitter and then turn on notifications so you never miss any of the absolute gold that is the Wampa Radio feed. Yeah, well, our show has uh, seen quite the success, and we thank you, the the viewer, the listener, of course, for that. Um, the reviews, the five-star reviews that we get on all the platforms have been exceptionally helpful, so if you haven't done that, please continue uh, or go so go to do that. That's English. Uh, I <laughs> Go so go, go so to, to do that. Yeah, I, I my God, I sound go like go to D two. <laughs> yeah, Ebutaka uh, Bujaba now. Uh, that's the other thing I wanted to say. <laughs> my God. Uh, okay. All right. So we will wait for Ahsoka talk until Doa gets back. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait till he gets back because we are due. But we I want to make due. sure that he's there. Yeah. The other thing that I proposed, which I think that uh, Doa said that he might not be fully available for, but you and I, we posited this idea, whereas this show comes out every Saturday, where you and I might do something like uh, a midweek kind of rant or a midweek like short like 30 minute episode where we talk about star wars media and we talk about something we just we just harp on one thing and why we like it or dislike it are, are you still down for that yeah i'm i'm down for anything man if it's me getting to talk about stuff that i love and kind of take it not seriously then fantastic i do i want to take this moment to clarify something though um i i want you all to know that Sometimes I say things that I don't fully believe. Like there are times when I say things like exasperatedly or for the content um, because I have seen some people reply to things like as if I'm, I don't know, different. <laughs> yeah. it, th th this is a hard thing to uh, engage, but I, I just want to say like, I'm probably not as serious about some of the things I say as you think I am, and you'll get to know that over time. <laughs> oh, no, I, I get it. I got uh, I got several um, less than 
lovely messages from some flesh and blood community brute players because i made that two minute star trek parody video where i had a klingon be a brute player and be completely yeah. like and they're like this is despicable this is i'm like dude relax okay just chill out this goes it all goes back to what i said before which is I am of the belief that life is too serious to take life so seriously. And so there is a lot of things that if I am saying it, there is not a level of seriousness that you probably think there is behind it. I'll put it that way. I also just... So I, I wanted to say this because if we do end up doing this show, there is probably going to be a chance where at some point or another where I will take a hot take and run with it because I think it's funny. And it might not even be what I actually believe, but I think it'll be good content and i don't like if i'm trashing your favorite character uh you know i think about last week where i was like hey you know boba fett is just the result of good fashion um you know if you love boba fett don't let me yuck your yum right you can enjoy whatever you want don't take what i'm saying seriously okay that's ultimately what i'm saying because as we talk about star wars and just like geek culture in general i know a lot of people really do identify with things and i just i don't want some of the things we say to you know hurt their feelings or or rub them the wrong way uh if you want to love boba fett or whoever then have at it like you do you i no ill will or whatever i just think that he is not that interesting some, that's all i'm saying somebody's whole life they're just they they're just remember that scene from Billy Madison where the dude gets the call from Billy Madison and he's like, Hey man, actually, you know, I'm sorry yeah. for giving you a hard time. And he's like, Yeah, it's all good, man. That's basically what's happening right now. Somebody just crossed your name off of yeah. a list. <laughs> look, I look, I, I get it, right? Um, I know that this isn't a, a Marvel podcast, but I'm I'm sitting in an Iron Man chair with a bunch of Iron Man stuff behind me. My oldest son is named Stark. And if somebody goes on a rant about how much they hate Tony Stark or hate Iron Man, like at the end of the day, that's that's a them thing, right? That doesn't impact my view of the character or whatever. And if sometimes they'll say something, I'll find it really funny. But I also know, like I said, that, you know, our, our fictional characters that we really grasp onto, I know that some people can really take those things to heart. And I just know that whether we do that show or not, or even just in the future on this show, if we make some jokes, I just want people to genuinely know that like, it's not personal and we still love you all very, very much. It's just, we like to be funny sometimes. I like, I love 98% of you. This is what I say most of the time, because usually 2% of people are uh, that <laughs> reach out to be our complete a-holes, but it's okay. You know what? Uh, Here's the thing though. I love them too. No, and it's okay if they don't love me, but I I love them too. No, I don't. I don't love them. Uh, I'm not I don't them to hate dinner, them. Exactly, I don't hate them. I have love in my heart for them. So that said, do you, if you had like I, I I just picture you in ten years from now with like three no three more sons and they're all named Mark, Mark one, Mark two, and Mark three, to keep with the Iron Man theme, you could do it. So that would have been fantastic, but no, they probably would just be other. So like Monroe is my second uh, son. And he is actually named after Nomad, uh, Jack Monroe. He was the second Bucky. He also picked up uh, Cap's shield for a bit. Um, we had talked about if we had more. Um, Blake was on the table for, uh, you know, Thor's human name. Um, I really liked Murdoch, like, or Daredevil Matt Murdoch. I, I just like the name Murdoch, but Sophie wasn't as thrilled on that one. So you should have you should have countered with Modoc. 
<laughs> no, no, okay. All right, let's get back to it. We got headlines for this uh, particular week in Star Wars Unlimited, which was um, we have a giveaway. We owe a pack of young Jedi to a wonderful winner. And while the wheel spins, the wheel of destiny spins, who is the winner? We're all winners. But in this particular instance, the winner is Zane T. Congratulations. You have a pack of young Jedi headed your way. Yes. So what you got to do is you got to contact, tweet at us or DM us or get in touch with us in some capacity. uh, And so we can get your address and we'll pop that bad boy in the mail. And you, too, can be the wonderful winner uh, uh, or owner, potentially, of Gascano's podca- uh, podcast, Pod Racer. <laughs> Gascano's Pod Racer. Uh, okay, we're already way past. Let's go to the FFG stream that just happened this past weekend, the 27th of, subse- of September. We are recording this on the 28th of September, around 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So anything after this, well, we're not responsible for. But the stream, again, we had uh, Josh Massey and Danny Schaefer. Let me be very clear here and say Danny Schaefer, not Danny daddy schaefer i was i was waiting for you to finish because i was just gonna call him daddy schaefer that was in the chat that was in the stream chat where i said hello and people are like oh look at daddy schaefer looking at flake through i'm like oh my god what have i done listen it's daddy schaefer from here on out not only because of the look but also like chat pointed out rightfully so that he has some pretty good fit game right like the outfit was on point he knows what's up like he's just daddy schaefer now yeah he's either like an olympic diver or the best polo player you've ever seen because he's got that like lean kind of just over windmill off a horse into the i don't know how to score points in polo but he looks i was gonna say he looks like he is uh modeling for ralph Lauren while he's not designing cards like i am your father which he designed because he really is your daddy <laughs> by the way <laughs> thank you there was also jim Cartwright, but whatever uh, yeah yeah no jim was on uh jim's fantastic as well i got to meet him at gen con wonderful person nice 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 they all seem like great people um <laughs> when Daddy Schaefer isn't just staring into the nucleus of your soul, <laughs> planning your demise, just tearing you from the atomic <laughs> level in half. Um, so the information of the stream, we're going to cruise through a lot of it here because like uh, like I was so um, adeptly told by some random internet person, uh, oh, whoa, another podcast just basically reading the article that came out. Well, we not don't do that, but we get it. The information's pretty pretty apparent so go check out the article as it exists on the star wars unlimited website which we'll dive into it but let's run through the products because that's what this stream was all about and all the information yeah, let's do that because you know my son listens to this podcast and he hasn't read the article so he's going to learn teach your son to this. read teach your dang son to, to read. read but my point is this that sometimes not everyone gets around to reading things and so part of the reason that us and other content creators read these is because not everyone has the time or the capacity to consume things but again, whoever you are, I love you. I, I was about to say, is that though no, that um, this dude falls into the two percent, so it's all good. Yeah, I know. Uh right out of the gate, they started talking about products. The first one was a pre-release box. Now, this is very interesting to me because this is the first time I've ever heard of a company doing something specifically for their pre-releases. A lot of times you just show up and they'll run a pre-release event and there will be packs and there might be like prizes or whatever, but there's not like a product specific for the pre-release. 
This is a pre-release box. It will be $29.99. Still has uh, the Luke and Vader from the starter decks in it, but because they want those to be different, they are alternate art versions, and I actually really like the art on them. They are not the like promo versions that were at Gen Con, for example. These are just all new art. Uh, but then you also get everything you need to play the game. So there's quick start rules. There's punch out tokens. There are the packs required for sealed. I believe they said it was six packs mm -hmm. on stream. So you're going to get those six packs. You open and you build your deck with it. And I, I thought this was really cool because, like I said, most companies, they don't have a product specifically for their pre-releases. False. That is uh, magic does pre-release boxes. I didn't say that nobody had done it. I said most. Right. And so when you look at the industry, this is not a that is trend. true. That is true. Usually, for example, for Flesh and Blood, you show up, you just get, they crack a box and they give you six packs out of the box. Um, what I really liked about Magic pre-releases and the ones that I did was during the uh, post-Dominaria era of 2018 it was like the it was like guilds of ravnica and uh something else returned to what it was like the ravnica's whatever but you had yeah. to you basically had to choose like a guild uh you had to choose like are you golgari are you demir are you selesnia blah 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 and the fun part about that is in those boxes you got a uh serial not a serialized a date stamped uh insert in that box you got your you got your cool spin down token, which was a spin down die for like the exclusive to that particular set. You got your six packs. Um, plus, you also got a special foil that is stamped with like embossed with the date of the pre-release. And it was going to be a rare or better. And it was going to pertain to your particular guild that you chose, which was super cool. And and it was like that was a little bit of the extra spice associated to pre-releases. So the way that Star Wars Unlimited is doing it here is such that the Luke and Vader are going to get their own unique uh printings their own unique alternate arts which i think are pretty cool um they're not my favorite but they they get the job done and it's an exclusive product again um also what they mentioned about the pre-release kits is that luke and vader are only available in pre-release kits by the way you cannot play them in in uh they will not be available in draft and uh and things like that if you want to this is the only limited capacity that you can play luke and vader so that's a that's an interesting little extra nugget to all of this. Yeah, the hero cards are normally just in the uh, two player starter set that we will cover here in just a moment. Uh, and then this. So those are, uh, as you said, the only ways to get them. And this is the only way that you can play with it in the limited format because they are not in the base set. So you cannot, you know, use them as tokens and draft them and and do those things all right good news and bad news regarding the cases cases will be six boxes a case will contain six boxes and for you charmer uh chasing down those showcases those really gorgeous cards which are one in 12 boxes uh you're not essentially guaranteed there's no guarantees that if you have a case you will get a showcase uh obviously there's no guarantees in anything but for the most part when people are buying new cards, they'll buy a case because the cases line up well with particular drop rates. You get a case, you're like, well, I'm guaranteed to get, you know, four of these cold foils. I'm guaranteed to get two to four legendary cards based on the distribution, at least two. Uh, and then you go on and on from there. 
this now begs the question, Charmer. Are you getting two cases? Are you getting one case? Well, so that's a fair question. Uh, it's going to largely, I think, depend on how many local events they have for pre-releases and things like that, because I plan on playing a lot of limited for this game. And knowing how much I'm going to open through that process, I don't want to like over order. And so I haven't really settled on a number. One of the things I also found interesting about the stream wasn't even just so much about the, you know, a case of six boxes, but they also said that there are no like sealed products that is a case. What they said specifically was like, if you order a case from your local game store, they will give you six boxes. It's not like flesh and blood where when you order a case, it's a sealed case with four boxes in it because the flesh and blood cases are four boxes, but you've ever bought one they're they're in the sealed thing with non-tamper tape on the live stream they said that sort of product does not exist for this game it's just that the distribution as far as one in 12 boxes is like as a whole so even if i quote unquote order a case it's really just me ordering six boxes and so with that in mind i might split the difference maybe i'll order eight or nine maybe i'll just do the one case a lot of, like i said a lot of it's going to depend on how many limited events I see myself playing, but um, I, I found that it's it's both refreshing and frustrating. It's refreshing yeah. because I don't feel pigeonholed into like, you know, I have to buy a case. Cause like, I'll be honest with flesh and blood. If I'm not buying a case, I feel like I'm missing out. It's like For that sure. weird thing where I'm forced. So like, I kind of like that. I don't have to, but I've also been conditioned now where I like getting a sealed case. I like being just handed a box that I know I can go home and open instead of like six loose boxes. All right. So I'm, I'm torn. There's two things to this. The first is that no matter what the, the, even if they say that the highest sealed environment for cards is a box, and then it's just basically multiples of that, someone will figure out what these boxes are shipped in and then be and find a sealed whether it's a freaking shrink wrap pallet. pallet that's what i'm saying just gonna say, it's gonna be a pallet then like some, you're gonna have to order a pallet yeah somebody's gonna be like well i got a it, pallets are the highest Hope denomination certified yeah well there you go then it's gonna be like okay well what about the truck that the pallets li like you know it's at some point the boxes are gonna be shipped in something i don't think that they're just all sitting on the the you know the wood of a pallet and then shrink wrapped they're they're coming in some sort of box and i think that that to a degree is what the highest level of whales are going to be looking yeah. to to buy I, I do think that will still be cases i just think that what they were trying to specify or say is that it's not going to be delivered the way say the flesh and blood ones are where you get this thing that specifically has like don't tamper tape on it right like yeah. if you've never seen one before you get this box, but it's like all sealed up with like warning labels on it and all sorts of things yeah. because it's meant to be sold like as a case. And I think that's what they were trying to say is like, yeah, you can order a, a case, but like that's not intended to be a product. So I think it's literally just going to be like a box of six boxes or whatever. Well, that's what I think it is. I think it's going to be shipped in, in some way because if like put it this way, when when they say a case is will have six boxes, says who? Like if there's if it's not coming <laughs> in something else, then it's a it's an arbitrary thing to say because it's not no longer a case uh, like hold on. This is a case. Okay, this right. is a case of flesh and blood. It is sealed, like you said, safety tape the whole nine yards. In here, I have 
four boxes of Arcane Rising, okay? That is a case. When you're getting the boxes shipped to a location, it's not like you see over here, or I don't know if you can, but like those boxes of um, of, of uh, Monarch uh, First or whatever, they're not just like lined up on a on a dolly and then brought in. They're going to arrive in something. So this whole thing that a case is six boxes, I don't think they're just, they're just throwing well, a number out there, but at the same time, like it's it's a completely meaningless thing to say that a case has six boxes well, if all the boxes are loose. Maybe and maybe not. Hear me out, right? I don't know that this is a case. What I'm about to say uh, is entirely speculation, so don't don't take this um, as like fact if you're listening or whatever. But I'm just trying to envision a way where the the case statement would matter if it's not shipped in a case. What if, you know. Boxes are delivered to the distributor via a pallet or something super huge shrink wrapped. And then you are the local game store. And when you are ordering your product, right, perhaps the six box mark, like per every six boxes, is something that qualifies you for like a case discount. So if you are the local game store and you want to order 180 boxes or whatever, instead you give them the case number knowing that that gives you some sort of value I mean, and then maybe how they deliver it is based on how much you order from the distributor right yeah, it might not be truly sealed that way um i i like you i suspect there is something smaller like a, a box that just holds six boxes but i just wanted to call it they did say that specifically on the live stream so we know for a fact that they said cases are six boxes and we also know for a fact that they said cases aren't like intended to be a product you buy it'll just be your game store giving you six boxes so some reality exists where both of those things are true because i don't believe they would lie to us they haven't up until this point um so i just wanted to call it out it's a bit interesting or different from what we've experienced so far i guess i mean if it comes down to the sort of the way that the actual lgs is is receiving the product at then the price points if it's associated in like increments of six boxes then I suppose I like when I get my cards, whether I buy them from, you know, I don't know where I'm going to get them from, whether it's Harry Tarantula or Realm or Kayfabe or MinMax. Um, I'm why not all? Why not all is a good question. I mean, uh, but the thing about it is like I, like you, plan on abusing the hell out of these limited events and going to them uh, lock, stock and barrel every chance I get. Because I also like you, now that Doe is not here, we can say that he was wrong, that he doesn't like limited he's completely we, we will convert him we will all right the next thing is is that uh, based off of the pri uh, price point of the pre-release boxes people surmise that the pack cost of a pack was going to be about five bucks and that's where they're at 4.99 is the msrp for a pack of cards which for the record if you're just buying packs you are better suited to go ahead and buy as many pre-release kits and I see this all the time. You go to a, um, you go to your LGS like a week or two after pre-release weekend, and they'll have extra kits that they just sell. And some of them sell for more, and some of them sell for less based on the color combinations or whatever. But if you can get those uh, pre-release kits after the fact at MSRP, that is bang for your buck because you're not just getting the six packs. You're also getting the little deck box. You're getting the, the extra Luke Invader with the alternate art that you might just even if you flip it for five bucks it's like getting a free pack right so i think that that's a pretty solid thing too i do not disagree now the next product that they mentioned is the two player starter kit so this is 34.99 those are the starters with the pre-built uh deck lists that we have seen and has the luke has the vader 
they did on the stream talk a bit about why they chose to go with a two-player starter as opposed to selling individual starter decks. And I I like this decision. I agree with many of the points they made. Uh, I can understand if you were somebody who didn't want to spend $35 to get into the game and you just wanted an individual deck. I fully understand that. But they were kind of talking about from an accessibility standpoint, you don't want a scenario where, you know, you go to the store because you want to buy two decks for you and your friend to play and only have one deck there. Right. They wanted to make sure that when you are buying the starter product, you always had everything you needed to play the game. And so the starter kit does include that it's two full decks. The other thing that I was a big fan of as somebody who has uh, covered Battle Spirits and I play Battle Spirits, for example, is that uh, all of the cards that appear only in the two player starter decks, and there are a number of them, they have full play sets in them. So you don't have to buy more than one starter kit to get your competitive play set of those cards. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Battle Spirits, uh, if you're not familiar, you have to buy two of each of the starter decks and there's one for each color. Right. So when Battle Spirits launched, you had to buy eight starter decks to get play sets of all of the cards if you wanted to be competitive. And I was not a fan of that. So, you know, big, big props, in my opinion, to uh, Fantasy Flight for doing this. That I think that's very consumer friendly. I think that this product is going to be awesome. And again, um, I personally am not a fan of cards that are hidden behind other products. I'm, I'm always the type where uh, if I can't get in a booster pack, then it shouldn't. It shouldn't be exclusive, but I think you're right. This is the better way to do it, and we don't know if those cards are going to be competitive yet. We haven't seen all the cards. You best know that once they do, we'll tell you, you know, like I these. I think we do have the full lists now, actually. No, no, but I mean like the full list of all the all the cards oh, yeah, of the yeah, whole yeah. set. We're going to do a whole uh, review on stuff, and we're going to backtrack and relook at the starter kits to tell you like, hey, um, there might be cards in here that you you want or if you're playing this deck you should get it but ultimately the two-player starter kit the way that they kind of um they kind of sold it was like hey this is this thing where if you're just you know two people can throw in 20 bucks and try out a brand new game and have fully fleshed out balanced decks that with some some good experiences there and i think that that's pretty good honestly um there's one more thing which is regarding um organized play and i was in the chat kind of poke the bear about organized play as i always do organized play um from a weekly level which if you're a flesh and blood person is an armory if you're a magic person is like an fnm a friday night magic uh, there's going to be these weekly events at your lgs and um i recommend that if you're if you're worried about your store carrying the product or otherwise not perhaps not running events now's the time to go and bang on their door give them a call and say please like there's interest for this um send them an email talk to the owners and say we'd like you to carry this product we'd like you to get involved in the organized play but there's some cool trinkets that are available only at your organized play event yeah well there, there's actually a couple of things worth noting but there are going to be promos for the weekly play and they are there's like packs is my understanding. And there are uh, some of the packs that go to the winners that have some of the like more rare cards uh, among them, for example. But these are alternate art with a special border treatment specifically for organized play. So they have taken some of the cards and given them 
this kind of like faded border. It's not quite the same as the hyperspace because it doesn't have the same. Uh, how do I want to put this? Like, you know, stars, star lines right? Like, stuff, yeah, the yeah. star lines, right? This is more like faded. And they also said specifically that the colors uh, around this faded border match the aspects. And they showed a couple off on stream. Uh, one was a new card that we oh, had not seen at all. Don't say that one uh, yet. We'll we'll go. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to. I yeah. was just going to say, but that one was uh, was the vigilance aspect, and it's just all blue on the outside. Whereas they also showed off a Sabine Wren, which of course got me very excited, and that is both like red and white for the aggression and the heroism. Uh, but the thing that is worth noting is that these are alternate art. Not just like the art treatment, like with hyperspace, where it's the same card art, but you have the hyperspace border. These are straight up new artworks for these cards, and uh, they're great. They're beautiful. They're very, very beautiful. Again, these are going to be available at uh, those sort of the weekly events. Um, and uh, go play. We've seen some of the the kits that these um, these organizers are going to get. I'm super excited. I'm 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 there for pre-release. I'm going to get to as many as I can, and I'm there for draft every week. It's just it's a fait accompli. That's what's going to happen. We got some new cards, my friend. So uh, you want to kick us off with this one? I I do. Yeah. So this is one of the ones that was discussed uh, as part of the organized play, but they showed us the regular version and then the alternate art version, but it was also a brand new card. This one seems really good. They even said that it might impact the meta um, because there's a lot of considerations you have to make. And I would believe it because the card feels incredibly powerful. So this card is takedown. This is a four cost event that's just vigilance as far as aspect goes. So very easy to splash. It is a tactic and it says defeat a unit with five or less remaining HP. Now, the thing that they pointed out on stream and rightfully so, and it's the most important piece is that this is unit. So you can defeat leaders with this as well as regular cards. And it's anything with five or less health. So that means, you know, you could have five shields on a unit but if it has five or less health, takedown still going to get rid of it. This feels like a very powerful tool. It's incredibly powerful. Again, likely for uh, potentially for a class that doesn't have spot removal or direct damage kind of uh, ways to do it. Uh, this is pack one, pick one potential. This is absolutely pack one, pick one level of awesomeness, even though it's an uncommon. And we're going to do shows about limited and limited strategy but if i'm going to give you a little nugget of information for those who might not be very well adept at limited or draft your rare or your legendary card is not always going to be your pick one uh this is a pick one a pack one pick one card which means that you open your pack this is the card that you insta lock down removal and limited comes at a premium it is rare to have and it is incredibly powerful and very um it, it seismically shifts the dynamic of a particular game if you can just point click and delete a problem in limited that is a huge thing takedown to me and I've, i'm glad that they mentioned it they're like this is a gonna be a meta defining card i completely agree um because if you're running vigilance i don't think i saw much else that is available for you to just smush something to this degree um takedown looks really really strong yeah i i'm gonna hold you to it because there are 
a lot of things to consider when you are playing limited and I want to cover them specifically like the bread acronym because I, I live and die by that. And I think that this is a, a great card that kind of showcases that, but we'll save that for that. This is this is very powerful, though. You're absolutely right. This would be very high on my my choice list. Um, all right. Next up, we're going to go. Uh, I'm going to go out of order here. I'm going to go, first of all, yeah, the other thing, sidebar, bread, we're not going to tell you what it means. This is going to be a little hook. But bread is basically the mantra that many seasoned... Let's get this bread. Yeah, let's get this bread. (laughs) Uh, So the next card is a command card. It is a three-cost space unit. It is a 3-3. It is called Consortium Star Viper. It is a fringe vehicle fighter. And it says, while you have the initiative, this unit gains Restore 2. Initiative, command, makes sense. The the theme is there. I also want to uh, shout out to Kenny White, our friend Kay Blanco, for mentioning that this might be one of the first canonical, if this is even canon, I don't know, um, representations of this type of starship. Because this was the starship that Prince Shizor of the Black Sun uh would fly around with with his uh his uh, fembot guri oh man you just really took me back with that that uh expanded universe reference i can already imagine the star wars card like you said it and i was like oh wow like that Shizor? unlocked a core me- yeah a core memory for me yeah this i this might be one of the first uh canonical ones i i say might be just because i am not up to date on like all of the comics and there are some things i know that they have canonized specifically uh in comics and other written material um so perhaps it's there but I I do like this. I think that this is a, a fantastic uh, kind of generic feeling card for command. It does what you want in command, which is help give you access to restore. It's cost effective. It's a three, three for three, only one aspect. So it's easy to splash does make you care about initiative. But the more cards that do that, I think the better off the game is just because I, I want that tension between, you know, taking actions versus ending early to either get initiative or, even if it's not about the initiative token, sometimes ending early to make sure that you get the first action on the following turn is still just really important. So uh, I like it overall from a game design ex, uh, perspective. At oh, co- yeah, at, at common, it's a card that you're you're basically just you're drafting this as the three three body in space, uh, potentially on curve, and the restore aspect is something that you're just going to get a bonus of. I would highly, uh, I would I'm very skeptical that this will ever make a. A competitive list like i don't think it's going to make constructed but there it is and the last card which was uh revealed and shared to us by ryback stun ryback who uh a former wwe feed me more says ryback also one of the most unhinged delusional twitter presences in the wrestling world right now is ryback <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of unhinged and delusional, no, just kidding. That's not this character. Uh, The card itself was Ezra Bridger. So this is a three cost ground unit. It is heroism and cunning. And it is a three, four stat line has the tags force rebel inspector. So this is not Jedi Ezra. This is very early Ezra says when this unit completes an attack, look at the top card of your deck. You may play it discard it or leave it on top of your deck so this is very interesting because if you are playing a combo deck then you might be able to dig deeper to find it 
if you just want to see what's on the top uh, and then they introduce other mechanics in the future, uh, for example, that might care about the top card of your deck, then seeing it first and then doing something could be relevant. Or this is kind of hand extension where you do have the opportunity to play it as well. Now, the interesting bit will be how the rules handles timing, um, because what I want to know is, do you have the opportunity to play it until the end of the turn or do you play it as part of the completing an attack and does it have to be done in that window because there might be instances where the card on top of your deck is something you want to play at the end of your turn but maybe you're pigeonholed into doing it right then right so we'll have to kind of get i think a rundown on how this works because i think it's going to have to be done in the timing window based on the way this is worded but overall just a really interesting uh piece of text there yeah, they're going to need their own version of uh, Joshua Scott, who's the rules guru at Flesh and Blood, who's also one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. Ultimately, though, you're right, because let's say this does complete an attack and you do reveal a card. Let's say that card has, uh, what is it, Rush, I think it is, uh, the equivalent of Charge, um, Ambush. Is it Ambush? Ambush, yeah. Yeah. Can you play it and then immediately follow up with an attack? Like, do you get an additional action at that point? Like, there's going to be a lot of clarifications needed for a th a something like this. But you're right. If this is, again, it plays into the Spectre Tribal, which we've already seen cards that are going to care about that. It is a 3-4 for 3. And if you're playing within the, the margins of those aspects, it's already pretty healthy. And on attack, I mean, like you said, dig for extra cards or just know what's coming or just establish your board. Maybe the card that you do find on top that you do play grants a shield to something on play that just ruins your opponent's plan. So this, uh, this to me is a card that I would very much pass in a draft. However, in a constructed, I can see some very, very big time shenanigans with this. I think that the rules guru has got to be Daddy Schaefer. Right? Yeah, it is possibly the Papa Schaefs. Yeah, it might be Papa Schaefs. Um, there you have it. So those are the uh, card spoilers as they appear, which means that we're only left with the meat of this of these Tauntaun bones. So basically, I mean, we, you and I have been in this i say business have been playing card games for you know combined for like almost 50 years you and i have played bought and been involved with so much i can confidently say that i have never witnessed a debacle as bad as the lurkana launch from a card game perspective um from a supply perspective absolutely yes yeah. from a supply perspective um and that is concerning for me with this game because what a lot of the a lot of the fanfare and a lot of the cheers that are going out for Star Wars Unlimited and the people who are happy to say, well, you know, the price point is is you know booster packs five bucks. Well, I mean, I grew up buying Star Wars CCG packs for two dollars, you know, so like. It, that's inflation for you. Uh, that's where we're at these days is that it costs a little bit more. $5 booster packs. Um, but I mean, you're getting a sealed a sealed experience for $30, I think is pretty solid. That's run of the mill, plus the potential prize support, things like that, yada, yada, yada. But besides all that, besides everybody celebrating the MSRP, uh, the S in MSRP is the key 
key part of that entire thing because everybody was super satisfied with what Lorcana was doing from an MSRP perspective because packs were like meant to be five bucks or so. Like that was MSRP for those five or six dollars. Whereas you can't get it for that. And the reason for that is supply. Ravensburger that prints Lorcana completely underestimated to, I don't know whether it was just they didn't care or they were unaware and unprepared, but the the, the reality is, is that to this day, um, two months after release or a month, a month and a, and a couple weeks after release, there are people who still cannot get their hands on product at MSRP. That has since calmed down, but they're already talking about set two, and I cannot buy product at MSRP. That's that is a major concern that has nothing to do with what uh, what FFG is saying that they're listing the price at. The major part they could put they could have MSRP at a dollar and and it'll have nothing to do with what you're paying when you finally buy it. So what what are your concerns, Charmer? Because mine are going to be that FFG just doesn't print this to the levels that. It needs to be, and and I know the I know the criticism when it came to Lorcana. They could have said they could have printed it ten times as much, and it would have sold out anyways. I don't buy that, but I can I get well, what they're I saying. Mean, you don't buy it because you can't. Yeah, you can't find the product. Very but, good point. Uh, listen, I think that there are a number of factors to consider, and I'll do my best to provide what I believe is like a holistic, complete reply or response to your question. So my concern is whether or not game stores get enough product to support players enough to get them engaged, right? I think that the key failing for Lorcana isn't just that they underprinted, but that they underprinted to a point where people who are actively interested in playing still were struggling to get enough to even play the game, let alone play with complete decks, right? If for whatever reason, product or supply is limited, but you can still pick up starters. You can still get some packs. It might not be easy to fully complete a quote unquote competitive deck, but as long as you can get enough to play, then I think that that is going to be a far better experience than say what Disney has provided, right? Where right now, if I want to go buy my son a starter deck, I got to spend hours searching for it or pay a premium, which is not fun for anybody involved. So with that in mind, I think that Fantasy Flight is in a good position for a, a couple of reasons. One, they can learn from Lorcana's mistakes, right? Obviously, Lorcana released first. We've kind of seen that debacle. But I also think that there are some things working in their favor that were working against Disney Lorcana that will prevent a similar issue or a similar debacle. Number one, uh, for better or worse, uh, I don't think there will be as much excitement for this. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, this is Star Wars. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably excited about the game. I know I am. But objectively, when I look at the wider audience, right, this is not the first Star Wars card game. It's not even the second Star Wars card game. It's not even the second uh, or third or fourth. Like, there's been Star Wars card games. This, isn't even, I mean? this isn't even the first that FFG makes. <laughs> this isn't even the first that <laughs> FFG has made. So... There's not the novelty like there was where this is, you know, the first Disney card game, realistically, right? 
Uh, also, you have to factor in that while there are a lot of diehard Star Wars fans, that's not the same as what I would describe as a Disney adult. And if you're not familiar with the culture, all you have to do is look up like the prices or costs on the secondhand market for some of the Disney pins, which you don't even use to play a game. It's just the collectible. But the whole like Disney pins thing should have been a precursor or a warning for Ravensburger that there's going to be people that will want to buy this that never intend to play the game. Then you have to factor in that during the uh, pandemic, right, during quarantine times, we saw a a re-emergence of the card game market. We saw Pokemon cards take off. Obviously, Flesh and Blood started doing very well. Though there's a lot, unfortunately, uh, a lot of speculators who might not even be Disney adults that also wanted to buy into Lorcana. And so this not being the first Star Wars game, not uh, being the like second or third release after the quarantine, right? Like we're a little bit more in, I think we'll give it a little more breathing room. But the other thing to factor in as well, and I think this also really hurt Ravensburger in a way that they probably didn't predict or intend is that uh, Ravensburger and Disney Lorcana had the D23 promos release and overnight the things were thousands of dollars. And that is not what's happening with this game and say like the Gen Con promos, right? So listen, I think they're cool. I love them. And, uh, I, you know, I wish I could sell them for a couple of grand, but like, let's be realistic about the expectations and the demand. I think that when you saw the D23 things, everyone thought this is the next magic. It's the next Pokemon. I want the, the coolest, rarest, foiliest Charizard that I can put away. in. like, the, again, it's speculators, it's scalpers, yeah. it's Disney adults. And it, it was all of that that was hurting Lorcana. And if I'm being honest, I also, when I look at Lorcana, I don't think that that company had the same level of forethought. Now, I'm not saying Lorcana is a bad game. I've got some behind me and I do play with my kids. So, like, I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing Lorcana by any stretch. But when I look at the differences, Lorcana announced and then they gave us very little info until we were much closer to release. And then on top of that, whenever you poked them about organized play stuff, it was like, well, there's like the sticker things and whatever, but nothing about tournaments, nothing about whatever. When I look at that and then I compare it to what we've seen for this game, which is a steady drip of content, thoughtful and meaningful. And when they release it, we keep hearing about their plan and we see their plan in action. It's not just talk. It's not them saying, oh, we have a plan like Everything is on a cadence. We do, you know, an aspect each month. We do a live stream here. This week, we talk about pack contents. Next week, we talk about product. They already long before gave us at least like the snapshot of an overview of an organized play. And then the more we hear about it, the more we hear that it is built with thought and intention. When I look at the card game design, this game feels like a game designed by card game players. And Lorcana feels like play school card game like and i don't want that to be like a thing but yeah. it's like it's it meant to be like my first card game sort of thing right so what what why i point this out is what i see from ffg is that there is enough forethought and intentionality in all of their plans to tell me that even if what they predict for sales is vastly underneath the 
true demand for this when it does launch, I think that they will have still printed far more than Ravensburger and at least be in a position where you can at least get something. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think that that will be the win. Now, again, all my opinion, whatever. But like when I'm just looking at the differences, I think Lorcana had some stuff hurt it in that it was like the first real Disney card game in a long time. A lot of speculators as a result, as well as the D23 hype and the Disney adult hype and yada, yada, yada. Whereas on this side, not the first Star Wars game. Let's be honest, some people probably kind of burn out or jaded based on previous Star Wars games, but also just a lot more intentionality. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and you make a, a very good point there, uh, which is the fact that you're right. And like this is going to sound uh, this isn't meant to sound detrimental towards uh, this game or this IP, this will not reach Lorcana levels of insanity. Uh, Lorcana is the first game where I, th- where I sincerely thought that despite themselves, they might challenge the big three of Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Magic. And I say that from a sales perspective, not from a competition, a, comp- a competitive perspective, not from crazy game design or any of that nonsense. Um, I played the game. I managed to play the game. I think that the game is better than my initial impressions were. I think that there's certainly layers of strategy to it, but I still think that it is lacking for a seasoned card player like myself, like yourself. I think that you can have a fulfilling um, experience with it, but I, in in those cases, I would rather be playing more complex card games like Flesh and Blood, like Magic, like potentially this. Everything I get from this game I, I prefer this game from the rule standpoint. I prefer it from the IP standpoint. But like you said, Disney adults are a, a force. They're like they're like zombies to a degree. And I say that with with a house or an apartment full of Star Wars crap everywhere. And I call it Re- crap. Rewind the episode 30 minutes to when we said, we're not judging you or yucking your No, yum. If you're no, a no, Disney no. adult, we love you. That, we have but, friends that are huge Disney adults. But I'm saying, I, I, I <laughs> say, <laughs> well, you're right. And like, again, we, you know, our good friend, Abby Kennedy, right? And she yes. is a huge Disney person. But I say this from this, from the standpoint of they are a relentless and a never-ending horde that will never stop. Like they are, they are unstop an unstoppable force. There's a reason why The Walking Dead has 850 seasons is because the zombies are freaking unbeatable, much like the the Disney adult cra- uh, crowd. And yeah, you love it, then go love it and enjoy it. And and because my negative experience with Lorcana has nothing to do with the Disney adults, it has to do with the supply. And sure, there are certain Disney adults out there who bought the product, but it's not the Disney adults that are, are are hoarding this stuff it's the speculators and the scalpers and the third mar- or the second or the secondary market um exploiters or whatever and they're the they're the rat bastards that like are are ruining it for a lot of people and that is what i'm concerned about here and the way that you described it put me at a little bit more ease because you're right star wars is this massive behemoth of an ip it is in itself an unstoppable force it is like the death star but if there's going to be one exhaust port it might be disney that might be where the weak point is and it exists it's out there it's like you know it's like their death star 3 and we're still rocking Death Star 2 over here with a, with a weak point. The problem is, is that if everybody's looking at that, nobody's expecting the second Death Star to, to wheel up and just, you know, blow a Mon Cal out of, the, out of space or whatnot. So 
this kind of all wheels back to this can all be solved with proper supply. And when you said that, look at how they've released information, look at how they've trickled out this, you know, because people forget this game got announced, I think, in 2022. May. May of 2022? No, not 2022. Like, was it that far back that they... No, no, it was was May May of this year. I'm like 99% certain. No, no, no. We've been doing this for 17 weeks. It can't be that soon. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, 17 weeks. That takes us back to May. Yeah, but... They created their Twitter on May of 2023, and that's how you and I found it. That's... That wasn't how, was it? We found it in other ways. Look, I, I, that's how I found it. Well, that's how you okay. look. I will say this: I'm pretty sure that this was announced way back in like March or February of this particular of this particular year. So we've had, let's just be let's be conservative here and say six months. Is that maybe let's say let's say four months, four or five? Let's say four months. We'll be super conservative here. We'll say four months that this has been a known entity. And we have been getting information every every day or two, and we're talking about it because I, I will say this as somebody who created the the Podcana podcast, and I no longer do it because I, I have no interest in it anymore. Um, we were doing that show every two weeks because there was nothing to talk about. There was legitimately nothing to talk about because they were not giving you information. So... The way that they've approached this launch gives me a little bit more, actually a lot more, um, what's the term, confidence in the game having those bases covered. But I still worry. I still worry. I mean, I think it's fair to worry just because recent history for card games has not been good. <laughs> and I say card games as a whole, right? So if you're if you're somebody who's just looking at the last five years, like let's take that as your snapshot, the last five years, right? Flesh and Blood tried to do as as much as it could correctly, but let's be honest, it had supply issues when it launched, largely because of the pandemic. But it was difficult to find product. And then Lorcana, we've already beat that horse to death, but hard to find product. But even outside of those, when you look at larger companies, right? Uh, Bandai has had several instances where One Piece has been very hard to find, right? We have supply issues in, during the pandemic when, like I said, the kind of TCG reemergence occurred. Pokemon had people, you know, scalping the boxes from Target before it was ever put on shelves, which led to people not finding product. So when you do look at that, I think it's very easy to have been conditioned to have that fear. And I am not saying they're going to have a smooth launch. There is very much a likely uh, scenario where there's not enough for everyone to get absolutely everything that they want right on day one. But I still feel like what we will likely see is at least enough where people get something, right? I don't envision a scenario to the degree of what we've seen with Lorcana and that that alone, I think, is helpful. Um, and, and like I said, I, I just just like you, I have the confidence, I have the trust. And it's very difficult because I know some people who are coming from the Destiny community and I know others uh, as well 
they're, they've been saying things like, well, you know, it's Fantasy Flight and I've been burned in the past because they didn't like the way Destiny was handled. And I fully understand that. But if I take away FFG, if I put my hand over that and I just say, look at what has been done from a marketing standpoint, from a game design standpoint, look at all of these things, right, with covering up who the company is, I would look at that and say, that is what I want to see from a card game start to finish, right? I have seen nothing with what they have done publicly that would give me anything uh, other than confidence or trust. Doesn't mean it will go smooth. I'm just saying right now I don't have a reason to worry. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point for sure. Uh, the One Piece thing also, I mean, the the one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on eventually is the fact that they're not doing like a first edition limited print run. One Piece set one, like you're totally right. Like the first two sets or whatever was it was impossible to find. It was absolutely impossible to find. And uh, same thing with obviously with Lorcana. Like the thing about Lorcana was like some of the biggest and most reputable LGSs in my community in Toronto were getting like, hey, we're getting like eight boxes and uh, we can't we can't run events. So And it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to limit like people to buying three packs each. How are they supposed to play the game? How are we supposed to run events when all they have access to are three booster packs? Like you, yeah. you like and then you want to nurture and harbor a community and, and you want these LGSs, which went through the absolute ringer in order to just sell the product. This is what people don't understand, which I, um, people like you and me have the, the, the benefit of having close relationships with store owners. They explained to us what the process was in order to sell that product. You had to, you had to give him a, give in a whole bunch of data of like your sales, your, the people that come into the store, you had to give a video tour of your entire establishment, including showing them the bathroom, showing them this, the space and whatever. And then that, that was just to have the privilege of selling the product. And then if you were selected, the products you get, you'd get like four, four to eight boxes. Uh, our friends at MinMax games, which are one of the biggest like retailers, uh, of of CCG of like of of singles and cards in America, they they got like uh, like sixty boxes, and they're like th- they are like a big cheese in the industry, and, you know, like and, and in a big market like they're Chicago, Chicago. Right? Like, so it, we're not talking about like oh they're they're a big store, but they're you know kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like no, like third most populous city in the United States. Like they're they're a big store in a big market. And so even if you hear 60 boxes and you go like, "Whoa, that's a lot." For the for their base like that is not a lot. It it wasn't and that's the problem and and I think that um one one of the pitfalls, quote unquote, that we're talking about that they should avoid is one that Flesh Flesh and Blood learned very soon, which was don't do any of this first edition print run garbage don't do any of these limited prints for for a game that you know is going to be in mass demand like flesh and blood did it because they were a a brand new unknown company a brand new unknown ip in a brand new and innovative game mechanic of a card game like they had a limited print run because they're like we don't know if this is going to survive and rightfully so you know so um it, it the supply issue to me is their biggest hurdle and i am kind of under under the i'm of the the school of thought of like just print it into oblivion but again that's not a good business decision that's me saying that because i want to make sure that no matter where i go i can find a box to you know to 
break open on a weekend and, you know, have a good time and, and play cards with friends. I don't want to have to be a situation where I'm borrowing, you know, my third Maleficent from somebody because I can't find the damn card and I'm unwilling to pay $400 for a rare or whatever, which is kind of where those numbers were at the beginning, but unreal I, I will also say that if you're looking for like even more evidence that what they are doing is very intentional i would just point back to the pre-release product right lorcana as you said they were struggling to run events at some stores because they only got x amount of product but the fact that they are giving us something right out of the gate for running events that you order separately from your other stuff you'll know whether or not you have enough product to run events because you can just order the pre-release product, right? So even just the existence of that to me says, hey, we know that we want to get this game in people's hands and we're going to give you a lot of different ways to do it. So um, I, I want to end this little bit of discussion here with a, a call for sanity in advance for everybody because... When I was in the uh, Facebook group for Lorcana, it was an interesting place to be because 90% of the conversation was about finance. It wasn't about strategy. It wasn't about polls. It was about finance. It was about, should I buy or should I sell this card? Uh, check out this card. Like, I can't wait to sell it. Or it was people doing the most horrific thing, which was showing off how much they're hoarding product where they're like, this is my third target this weekend, big score, look at everything I bought. And the problem there isn't so much of these people who are doing this, which is a huge problem as well. It's just that there was this nice, interesting dichotomy within the community because there was the people who were saying, like, you're the problem, you're why I can't get any, uh, and then there were the people saying, nice score, where can I go, what region are you, so I can avoid that area, so I could go and clean out a whole other place. And what's funny is that the same people who were poo-pooing those people would get their own product, catch a little luck at a Target or a Walmart or something, and clean them out, and then post about how much, how many, like, oh, I got, like, you know, 12 uh, treasure troves, and I cleaned out all their starters. I can understand if you go to a, a Target or you go to a place and you clean out all their booster packs because it's the equivalent of buying a box. Like, I have no, no, there's no shame in that if that's the only place you can get boosters. But what do you need freaking 18 starter decks for? What do you need 20 gift boxes for? You're just doing it so yeah, you could those, flip it. Those are supposed to be the accessible products right and so the fact that people are like buying them all out and then gloating about it means what they're really gloating scum. about is ruining the, the accessibility for other people so uh, i'm i'm with you on that but uh, again great news we just have the two-player starter deck and one is all you need and then it's packs oh did i don't think ffg mentioned where this product was going to be available if it was going to be available as like blisters and stuff like that because this this product as you see it now this seems like something where you can just find you could pull up a booster pack off of a shelf and pick up the starter kit like this to me is something where you're if you're cruising through a target and you're like shoot i gotta get my nephew a gift 
you get him like a the two player starter and throw like three or four booster bot packs like off the rack gift wrap that bad boy it's a great birthday present for like your nephew your niece or whatever like that is a that's a great birthday gift for me which is coming up in january by the way letting everyone know (laughs) so much so i will say this they they did not to my memory anyway uh announce exactly all the places this was going to be carried but i will say that when i look at the products and i also want to just say we didn't really talk about the game genic partnership stuff much but they did show some images and talk about that as well so there's going to be play mats at launch there's obviously the really cool deck boxes and the tokens and there's a bunch of supplemental stuff coming out for this game as well uh, but i will say that when i look at the products that they're offering it does speak to exactly what you're talking about where the intent is you you know you might buy a, a two-player starter whether that's from a local game store or a big box or whatever uh, and then some packs and that that's your experience. That's it. And then maybe depending on how they do the distribution, maybe all of the peripherals and the accessories are at your local game store. So all the game genic stuff, you might need to go to your local game store, but you can maybe find the uh, two player starters at big boxes. I would, uh, and I've been saying this since the beginning, but I would love to see a scenario where the two player starters are uh, on a wall or on a shelf somewhere at the theme parks as well. You're, you're walking through Star Wars Edge, uh, or Galaxy's Edge, and right next to your Sabacc deck is also, hey, here's the you know two player starter for Star Wars Unlimited, just just to get people into the game. And then once they buy the starter, you know maybe they go to their local game store to find packs and find a community. But I I do think that that would be uh, an exceptional way to promote the game. I agree. I agree. Um, and you know what happens, Charmer, when you're like. You call your LGS and you're like, "Hey, are you going to be carrying Star Wars Unlimited?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, cool. Can I uh, slam down a quick, uh, quick pre-order on a case? You know, six boxes." And they tell you, "Well, we've been heavily allocated." What do you say to that? Well, I say I've got a really bad feeling about this. I got a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. I've got a bad feeling about it. Hey. Quiet. All right, so it's time for the bad feeling mailbag, and we've kind of rambled on as we do. Uh, minus one person plus 20 minutes to the show. Why not? That's kind of how we go. We're kicking it old school, Charmer and I. So uh, pick, we'll do the first one here, Charmer. We'll carry over the second one. But if you do have a question for the show, you can email Podcast at gmail.com. You could DM us on uh, Discord, or you can tweet at us. And if we don't read it this episode, we carry on. Uh, we carry over a lot of these questions. But the first one was uh, from longtime listener, second time caller, we'll say, through via Discord. So this is Hopeful Dino says, great podcast. Thought of another question after listening. With Spectre possibly being our first tribal spoiled and... Yeah, you could argue Imperial or Rebel or whatever, but in terms of like crews or teams, Spectre is kind of our our first real tribal. Uh, They say, what tribal deck do you hope is spoiled in this or future sets? And don't forget about tribal space units. Thanks again. Uh, As a huge Star Wars CCG fan and Destiny fan, it's fun hearing conversations around older Star Wars card games. So I'm glad somebody appreciates our nostalgic. I think that a lot of people do. Um it's it's great for us when trust me as much as it's enjoyable for you to hear us talk about 
uh, dark deal decks and uh, trench runs and all kinds of fun destiny that you're drawing off the top. It is also very comforting to know that this has not fallen on deaf ears, as it were, that there's people out there that understand the mumbo jumbo that is spewing out of our talk faces, which is a, what I call my mouth. But uh, good question. Very good question. Thank you, Hopeful Dino. Uh, I mean, in terms of tribal, I have one that I really want to see. And it's it's so off the board. I want to see ISB shenanigans. I want to see... Uh, a, in the Imperial Security Bureau of denial of red tape, of paying more, of bribery, of corruption, of getting up in your business, as it were. I want ISB to be a, a, a tribal. And I don't think we're going to get it here. This, again, is called Spark of Rebellion. So I think we're getting a lot of the earlier aspect stuff, which the ISB was there when the Imperial, like when, when the Empire launched, but. I think that for now, they're just establishing rebel, imperial, big stuff, crazy stuff. We're going to get to all the shenanigans later on. Yeah, I think I'm fine with that. I, I love a good spy thriller, and so I want to enact some spy games, if you will, on, on the board. I actually have a, a number of answers to this. As a game design, like weirdo i always try to think of like what are the cool ways that i could manifest either different mechanics or really i love it when a game's mechanics mimic you know the story you're trying to tell i think that's why i loved the original star wars game so much so uh, when i saw this question i kind of lit up because i have some that are like very specific and then some that are just like wide so if i cast a wide net i'd love to see something with clone troopers but then if I narrow it in, what I really want is the Bad Batch. Ah, uh, right? yeah. I think that would be a cool one. And then if I want to go wide net again, I think it'd be cool to do something with uh, the droid army, uh, with uh, Geonosians. Just, you know, weird groups that we kind of see as a collective, but then have them have some sort of synergy the same way Imperials and Rebels do. I don't want Imperials and Rebels to be the only, like, army that we get, if that makes sense. Um, so Geonosians, Gungans, the droid armies, things like that, I think are are also ways to do that. Um, I want to, you know, they mentioned the uh, space, right? So like, I want to see Red Squadron, Gold Squadron, like those as something that, you know, you have a, a synergy if you assemble the squadron, right? I think that would be really cool as well. Um, I, I, I see like just rolling off your Red Squadron stuff. Like I can see something where they're, they're the same stat lines of standard X-Wings. They cost one more, but each one has... A, it's like, oh, you have Red 9. Red 9 says all your other Red Squadron X-Wings have plus one body. Then you have, like, Red Leader, which is kind of like your tribal boss, right? Like, that's like your your merfolk boss or your tri... Like, I forgot what they're called, but, like, they're the ones that it's like all your Red Squadron X-Wings get plus one, plus one, and it costs, like, one more. Then there's another one. It's like, oh, Red 3 is, like, all of your... Uh, all upgrades played on X-Wings cost one less. Uh, things like that. Like, that's what I want to see. You're, you're, I think you, you're definitely on to something with the squadron kind of stuff. Um, yeah. The, the other one, I, 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 sorry, you go for it if you have something to... No, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I think that we, we have some really cool squadrons. Um, I also think that there would be great ways to do, like, crews. So I would like to see something where you have the Millennium Falcon... 
And then as upgrade cards, you can have like Han and Chewie and like assembling that is your tribal, right? So it's like the Millennium Falcon, but like with the crew. And there's a bunch of ships that you could do that with as well. Um, And then the other one I was just going to mention is um, I want to see something with uh, Mandalorians, right? And the Mandalorian culture. But what I also really want, because it harkens back to one of my favorite archetypes, is I really want there to be a, a bounty hunter synergy, right? Like the the hive of scum and villainy really showing up in force. I think that would be a, a great way to do some cool stuff as well. Crews are good. I like that. I'd have Tom, Terry, and Penelope, and it would be a control deck, so we can have cruise control. Yeah. Okay. That's a charmer. I, that's a charmer joke. I I I like where you're at. Um, are, are we going to also potentially add? Uh, how many other crews are God, there who's, well I was trying to think of who it was because it wasn't Keanu Reeves who starred in uh, Speed 2 Cruise Control Sandra Remember Bullock this? yeah wasn't it Sandra Bullock she was in the first so. one I would imagine right, she's but I, know, I, I was trying to think of who the, the male counterpart was but that's the other side right yeah. uh, the other one right. I wanted to see is um, is the Black Sun the crime syndicate yeah. we already talked about Shizor uh, and there's a lot to do there so uh, I think you've I think you win purely off of the red squadron kind of all of them you know helping each other out and you could even go further in depth where it's like they have wingmen right like that's could be like a keyword it's like the wingman keyword where it's like if you're with another red squadron you know like that kind of thing anyway i like it i think i think that these are all great ideas and thank you hopeful dino for a listening b continuing to be a fan of star wars ccg and for submitting a question. And if you have a question for Wampa Radio, you can do so by, uh, so you can submit it by Twitter at Wampa Radio. You can tweet at WatchFlake. That's me at thatcharm3r. That's this doofus over here. And uh, our wandering, uh, wandering off to the floating dojo, Doa at GGDOA. And yeah, email WampaRadioPodcast at gmail.com discord there's a whole bunch of ways i don't think there are there are more ways to get in touch with me than there are to not get in touch with me i don't know that's fair i don't know how to feel about (laughs) that so yeah there that that uh that'll do it for this episode of wampa radio friends another good time to uh invite you to just follow us subscribe to us do all that jam and uh, those five-star reviews that you guys have been leaving us have been exceptionally helpful. I cannot stress this enough. It'll take 30 seconds out of your day to drop a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And I promise you, it is a zero-cost way to really pump our tires. The algorithm is starting to notice us, and we're liking that. So thank you so much for that. Oh, Charmer. Charmer, Charmer, Charmer. Are you locked? Are you loaded? Roger, Roger. Son of a... Friends, thank you so much for listening to Wampa Radio. We'll catch you next week. See you later. May the force be with you.